Portia Nelson has a, a reading called An Autobiography in Five Chapters, Chapter One. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter Two. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in it again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I fall in. It's a habit. But my eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down a different street. <laughs> Perseverance. Keeping on, keeping on as you learn from your life and find a way through. Portia Nelson in her four, five short chapters walks us through some of the aspects of the way of perseverance. First, often we are sleepwalking in our lives. Often we just are not awake at all and things seem to happen and we don't know why and we feel it's our fault and it just, you know, it's not our fault and it's just what happens. And then we go into a place often where we do realize that the, the world is hard or our lives are hard, but it, it's still not our fault. You know, why should this happen to me? Why does this happen to me? Why me? And then we still stay in that place of being as we're walking through our lives and we still seem to be in the same place. Why am I dating this same kind of person? Why is this happening to me again? Somehow, somehow I'm doing this. Somehow I'm making this happen. I've got to open my eyes a little bit more to that. And then we come into a sense of clarity, but we're not quite out of our habit. We're kind of looking at ourselves now with our habituations. We're looking at, you know, why we take that other drink, or we're looking at why we, you know, are snarky and that, that certain person or whatever it is, you know. And then when we come to a clear enough clarity and we still go through with our lives, we are transformed. We've transformed in a different way of being. There's a rabbi that once said that he, he, his students were asking, when is it that we know we are forgiven? And the rabbi said, when you no longer do what you had done. There's a phrase in ancient Eastern wisdom called perseverance furthers. It's the advice, it's the encouragement to continue on the path with a steady heart until it comes to fruition or until, of course, as you're on that path, it moves into the place 
of fruition. You keep a firm correctness, is the way it is described, uh, a kind of knowing, a, a steadfastness to a sense of goodness that's within a sense of knowing of what's true or what's harmonious. It's a kind of trust in the universe, a trust in what's compelling you until maybe your life tells you that what's compelling you might not be the right thing. But you still have that trust that you can find your way. Perseverance furthers until you have a kind of remembrance of the original affirmation of being alive, of coming to life, that original affirmation that's in your life when you came to life. And when you come to there, a way will unfold. Now, perseverance doesn't always have to be a struggle. People sort of think, you know, dragging, whatever, you know, you're persevering or you're going through everything until you get it or you're, you're putting other people aside or you're making sure you're the first, you're the king of the mountain, that whole thing. Perseverance does not have to be pushing your way through. It's not that kind of extra effort and struggle. It is a steady heart is persistent. A steady heart is patient, unfailing, yet humble, responsive and free, able to transform the journey by being receptive to good advice as you're going along, to what you know resonates with the fullness of your life, the worth of your signature of being in the midst. You are intermingling with all of being. Somehow you know that. You know, Howard Thurman, a Christian theologian, said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive, because what the world needs is people who come alive. Perseverance is not only climbing Mount Everest. It's getting yourself out of bed when the heaviness of grief or loss is in you or the unknown of the day. Perseverance is getting yourself up and into your life. It's not only the training of a marathon runner, but it's also the ability to abide in wilderness, in an in-between place, in a new learning, even like learning of a new language or a new way of being. In that uneasy place, perseverance walks you through that. You know, perseverance isn't just practice, practice, practice so you can get to Carnegie Hall. It's listening to, it's, a, it's, it's also an open listening to those that are foreign to you, to a foreign way of being. It's an opening up. It's an allowing yourself to expand into deeper knowledge of your life. That's perseverance. And that can happen when you're in the midst of people of other generations, different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds. The perseverance has you stay there, uncomfortable, till you find that harmony. And we need the process of perseverance in the shaping of our lives. You know, you're, I'm sure many of you are familiar with that story about the first grade class that had a, was watching a gypsy moth come to life. And they had been taking care of the chrysalis and everything. And one day, the chrysalis was starting to open. They saw that the moth was starting to come out. And the first graders and the teacher decided to go ahead and help the gypsy moth get out of the chrysalis. 
And so it sort of, once that it was open, it sort of just flopped and couldn't use its wings because the, the need for that getting through, the perseverance, the getting through that chrysalis was part of the work that the gypsy moth needed to have in order to come to freedom, in order to come to full fruition and strength. Because we have stages. We're not always ready to be the life that we want to be. We have to go through ways that strengthen us and make us wiser. So we cannot skip steps. And that's what perseverance is there for us. We cannot skip steps. Anyone who has grieved a great loss, anyone who has given birth, anyone who has built a bridge or had to put together any kind of building knows that you cannot skip steps. You have to go through it all, even if you're aware. You know, I, um, when I was giving birth to the, um, our daughter, Sarah, <laughs> And I had studied, and I knew everything about giving birth and everything. And, and so, you know, you think you know everything about it, right? And so I get to the place, uh, the transition place, where you go a little bit crazy and get a little bit scared. And I was scared, and I said to, to Nick, I'm scared. And Nick, of course, had read the same things, was trying to be a good, you know, partner and say, oh, you're in the transition phase now, you're scared. And I said, no, 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 that's not it. I'm really scared. I can't do this. I'm really, I'm really, you know. You just, you have to go through it. Even if you know it's going to happen, you have to go through it. And of course, anyone who has grieved knows that. Even, no matter how many books you read about how grieving goes, to try and, you know, make it go, you just have to walk through it. You just have to do it. And perseverance is that which helps us not give up. You know, David Wagoner saying, we're both in the here and the now and getting there. It's a flux. Our lives are never, we never come to that place. We come to a here and now, and then we go somewhere else. And that's sort of the harmony of, of our being. That's the way we work. And when we come into that realization of that flux, when we keep a steady heart through our ebb and flow of life, then we can come to that inner, that firm correctness, that inner faith of our signature of being, that trust in the way of life, in the way of our being, that affirmation of coming to life, of being alive. And then we feel our efforts have worth. Whatever we're stepping into, it has worth, because we have that firm correctness and that sense that perseverance furthers us. We know the harmony, and we know that what we're doing sends out ripples of harmony. There's a couple articles about Atoll Fugard this week, a white South African playwright. He's in his 80s now. And he was compelled by his art toward perseverance. His, the perseverance helped him come to his fruition. In 1961, in South Africa, Fugard first crossed boundaries by putting black and white actors together on stage in his breakout play, Blood Knock. That was basically against the law. At that time, that would be a very dangerous play to write and put on, said the now 81-year-old playwright. It cost me my passport. I had to make a choice between leaving the country permanently on what was called an exit permit or staying on in a world in which I would not be able to leave of my own free will. They gave me back my passport, 
but by that time I had forged my voice and I knew what I wanted to do with my life as a writer. Fugard had to be creative to work with black actors under apartheid. Men had to have legal status that the government would recognize for being in a white area, he said. So when questioned, he would say he was employing the actors as chauffeurs or gardeners. He just kept on keeping on. Because of the strong hold apartheid kept on South Africa's people and culture, Fugard's work were unproducible within the country until 1994 when apartheid uh, ended, or the main part of apartheid ended. Therefore, many of his works premiered in London and at the Yale Repertory Theater first, but now they can be shown in South Africa. Now, there are critics who believe that a white Afrikaner cannot speak to the experiences of black South Africans, and there were white South Africans who felt betrayed by Fugard's persevering inquiry into the injustices of an apartheid system, so he walked in a wilderness period for a long time, too, although he was privileged in many ways. He's still trying to get his art coming to life. It was really a wilderness period, a period that needed perseverance. But he stayed within his own resonance, keeping attentive to what he could learn from his life. And he wrote plays for 50 years. Fugard has commented that though his works are concerned with race and politics, he'd rather they be viewed not politically, but with an eye for creating a better planet, a more understanding and loving world. And that was his firm correctness creating a better planet, finding a more understanding and loving world. Each one of us, in our own way, can find that resonance, that firm correctness, and that, that thing that can help us hold up the sky together. One of the things we're going to be doing today as in, in this congregation is the budget reconciliation meeting. And now that I've been here 15 years, I've seen or heard about many of them. And one of the things that we do here in Perseverance is that obviously money is constantly sort of a struggle. And some of the same things keep coming up. People say, oh, here we go again. We're still not able to work our buildings. We're still not able to have our full parking lot. We're still not able to have this or that or the other thing. But the thing that we are doing inch by inch time by time, is finding our firm correctness, finding the worth of this place. And slowly but surely, we are putting in what is needed to make it come alive. And I have great faith in that. So keep on keeping on. Let perseverance be a part of the forming of this community and of your lives. So may it be. Amen.